thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today, that you are encouraged and inspired. And we would love for you to connect with us on social media. Now here's today's message. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, keep your hopes up. We will be unveiling our new phrase, mantra, on January 7th and 8th. And so until then, uh, it's get your hopes up last year, keep your hopes up this year, and then we'll catch everybody else up on what God has been talking to us about. We're going to preach tonight, and as our custom is on this candlelight communion service, I'm going to preach about Jesus the light. We're going to have an altar call where people are going to allow Jesus to illuminate in their lives. And then at the end of that, we're going to light these candles for real, y'all. One of my crews actually said, he goes, man, y'all do real candles? He said, all that hair? I said, yep, I don't got to worry about it. I'm on the platform and I'm good to go, praise God. But at the end of the altar response, uh, we encourage families to get together. We're going to light those candles and we're going to sing and and enjoy uh, what God is doing and just uh, have, have some fun. It's okay to have fun in church, right? John chapter 8, verse 12, not a very Christmas passage, but we will get there in due time. John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm going to give you permission to turn to your neighbor and say something that some of you haven't said in a long time. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, light it up. Light it up. But the Jesus way, praise God. You may be seated. How many of you are very traditional Christmas people? You just like all the tradition of Christmas. Uh, like, like when you hear Christmas music, it's not really Mariah Carey, it's Bing Crosby. And, and it, it's, it's rocking around the Christmas tree. It's those, there's a lot of tradition. How many of you are, are, are you're big chefs? You, you like to cook and bake during Christmas? Any, any bakers? I like to taste, test, and eat. Praise God. That's always fun. Um, how many of you like to ice skate? Any ice skaters in the room? Most of us don't ice skate because we don't have that healing service scheduled the next Sunday. Hard on your knees, hard on your ankles. How many of you love Christmas lights? Raise your hand. I love Christmas lights. I like them on my tree. I like them at my house. I like them here in, in the sanctuary living way. One of the things, and don't shoot the messenger, one of the most overrated Christmas traditions, though, in my opinion, is to get in your car when gas is $3 a gallon and drive all over San Antonio, up to San Marcos, to Santa's Ranch, and look at lights. We've got this LED wall that is better than anything you've seen out in San Antonio, and you get to see it twice a week. How many of you like classic white Christmas lights compared to the multicolor lights? Mandy and I argued for about 15 years over what light should be on the tree. And finally, we found a pre-lit tree that had multiple settings. So when she is the one to turn on the Christmas tree, she turns it to white lights. And then when I walk by, I just hit that little plug, and I turn them to the multicolor lights. And that's something that happens all day long. But there's a lot of light around us all the time. But if I could tell you this and, and not to be, to be negative, but every light you see will eventually fade. Every light will eventually go out. They hung lights 
back in 2005 when we moved into this sanctuary right above here. And the guy who sold us those lights said, you will never have to change a bulb and they will outlive you. It wasn't three months till they started going out. And when one goes out, it makes the whole run look bad. So there's one light that I want to talk about today, and you know that that light is the light called Jesus. The closer that we get to Christmas, the lights become brighter around our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our church, around town, especially in the stores. They're blinking lights, cause to draw your attention. Light always causes attention and brings attention. But the brightest light of them all was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. It wasn't the star in the sky, but the star that laid in the manger. The star that led the wise men was bright. Oh yes, brighter than any star in the sky that night. And for two years they followed that star, but there was a star greater and brighter and more luminous than that star that hung in the sky. And it was the star that was born in Bethlehem that laid in a manger. That night, the light of the universe came down and shone for a short while amongst creation. The prophet Isaiah would say in Isaiah 9, verse 2, this is not the popular verse in 9 that we like to talk about, especially during Christmas, but this precedes it in the context. Verse 2 says, the people will walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Isaiah starts talking to the people that are living around Jerusalem and Bethlehem, talking to the Jews that have not heard the voice of God now for 400 years. And Isaiah says, get ready, because you have stumbled in darkness for long enough, but there is a light that is about to be shown. There is a light that is about to be born. Aren't you glad in 2023, as dark as the world is, we don't stumble like the world. We don't trip like the world. We are not blind like the world, but our lives have been illuminated because of Jesus Christ. So verse 2 prophesies about that light. Verse 6 is the verse that we love to quote, for a child is born unto you. Just four verses later. For a child will be born unto us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 12. We're going to dive into this for the next few moments. This is the first time that I will ever preach from Genesis chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 22 in the same sermon. The beginning of the Bible, the very first chapter, and the end of the Bible. But let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1. This is what John said. In the beginning was the Word. And that Word is capitalized, big W. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Somebody say, He's with God. That's important. And the Word was God. Somebody say, He was with God, but He is God. There's so much argument over the Godhead, whether there's three gods, or or whether there is one God. There is one God. His name is Jesus. When you get to heaven, you're going to see Jesus, praise God. You might 
have experienced His Holy Spirit. You might pray to the Father, but there is one face of God, and that is the face of Jesus. He was with God, but He is God, verse 1 says. The same was in the beginning with God. The parallels of John 1, church, and Genesis 1 are powerful when we rightly divide the word. It brings great revelation. We just read John 1. Let's read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God starts off very similar. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. Somebody say, it was without form. It was void. Somebody say, it was empty. And somebody say, it was dark. So it was without form. It was empty and it was dark. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God divided the light from darkness, and God called the light day. And the darkness he called night, and the evening and morning were the first day. Here is where some, some revelation happens. He had not created stars, the moon had not yet been hung, and the sun had not yet been created. When God said, let there be light, he said, I want darkness to see who I am. For us to, to illuminate this building, it takes fixtures and multiple fixtures to light up this room. But I am here to tell you that there were no fixtures in Genesis chapter 1. It was just God revealing himself as the light. And the Bible says when the light showed up, darkness and light were separated. If you have light, it can't be dark. And if you have darkness, it can't be light. Let's go back to verse 3 of John 1. All things were made by God, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Somebody say life. See, now you, you got to pay attention because sometimes he says life and sometimes he says light. Here's the revelation before I go any further. Until you get the light, you're never going to real, realize what real life is. Until you get the light of Jesus, you are living a foe or a pseudo life. I didn't know what life was, church, until I found Jesus. I didn't know what life really was until I found Jesus. That's why the church calls it happy hour. I've got something better than a happy hour. It's a joy-filled life. I thought I knew happiness, what happiness was until I found Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Christ is life, and his life produces light in us. Verse 5, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. This is going to bless somebody and be worth your drive tonight, or perhaps you're watching online. Do not be discouraged when darkness does not understand light. Do not be discouraged or frustrated when the dark people around you do not understand the light of Jesus that is now burning inside of you. It is not your job to explain to them what the light means. It is your job to reflect the light and say, I can't explain how it was all done. All I know is, is before I got the light of Jesus in my life, I was living, I was tripping, I was struggling, I was messed up. But look at what the light the Lord has done in my life it's it's not not in my notes but if you go to the the New Testament there's a story 
where the Pharisees see a blind man. The blind man is healed. The Pharisees want to know how the blind man was healed, and so they call for his parents. They're wanting to know, was he born this way? Did he develop blindness late in life? And they, they, he questions the parents. The Pharisees question the parents. The parents don't give the answers that they need. And so they said, bring the formerly blind man to us and let us question. They begin to question the blind, men, the blind man about how he received his sight. And finally, after going over and giving him answer after answer, finally the blind man says this, I don't know how it happened. All I know is, is I was blind, but now I see. I don't know exactly how it happened in the altar. All I know is I was lost, but now I'm found. I don't know how it happened. I just know that the doctor said there was cancer, and now they say they made a mistake. I don't know how it happened, but I was on the verge of divorce, and God worked in my marriage and in my man or in my woman and I came home and they were I don't know how I just know that he did I'm the wrong guy when one of these lights doesn't work all I know is is when I hit a switch light is supposed to happen I don't know what kind of cord and wires you need. I don't know what kind of breaker you need. I don't know what kind of switch has to be put on. All I know is, is that when I flip that switch, there's an expectation of light. I'm here to tell you, sometimes the light fails at Living Way. Sometimes the light, the the, the fabricated, the made light, sometimes it fails. But I am here to tell you that 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, a light was switched on that has not grown dim it is not, listen, no blackouts, no brownouts. That light has been shining. I know presidents that have tried to extinguish that light. I know Herods that I, I thought I'd get a better amen. Your ex-wife tried to turn off the light. Your kids might try to turn off the light, but I am here to tell you, you might be able to cover it, but you can't turn it off. And as long as it's turning off, that's a turned on, that's enough for me because I know it's shining somewhere. I prayed for a gentleman after service right here on Sunday. And his fiance said, pray for him. He's going through the darkest season of his life. This is what I told him, church. I said, sir, I know the sun is not shining in your life right now, but you best know this, that the sun is shining somewhere. It's dark when you walk out in this parking lot today. That doesn't mean the sun is not shining because in the UK right now, the sun is shining. If you look up and you can find the moon, the moon is reflecting the sunlight. I'm here to to encourage and announce to somebody today, the sun might not be shining on you, but the sun is still shining. And if you're a believer, he's shining in you, from you. Worst storm you ever seen. It can get as black as night at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Doesn't mean the sun quits shining. It just means there is something in between you and the source. So I want to encourage you, pray that thing away. Tear down those strongholds and make sure you are as close and that nothing is between you and the light. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is talking about John the Baptist. The same came for a witness. Somebody say witness. This man, the Bible says in verse 7, came to bear witness of the light. 
that all through him might believe. I love what verse 8 says. So that there is no confusion. There is nobody that could get it wrong. Verse 8 says, hey, John the Baptist is not the light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. Here's two things that we must do, church. Jesus was born. The light was shown from heaven onto this earth 2,000 years ago, and it has not quit shining. Jesus and his light, he is the light of the world. When you accepted Christ, Jesus is now reigning in your life, sitting on the throne of your heart, and he is shining. Our job is to do two things, church. Number one, we reflect the light. When you pray, you're reflecting the light. Oh, come on now. You go to the hospital and lay hands on somebody, you're reflecting the light. When you pray a prayer over your children, you're reflecting the light. When you pray a prayer over something that is 2,000 miles away, you're reflecting the light. It is not your job to shine. It is your job to reflect what is shining in you and on you. We're also called not only to reflect the light, but to refract the light. I was, I, I was misunderstood because I thought the refraction, or refra the refraction of light was the cutting or the dispensing of light. But refraction is not the, the cutting or dispensing of light. It is the bending of light. It is you telling the light where to go. So the light could be shining this way, but you can turn it in such a way and you can shoot the light over here, over here, over here. Some of us are reflecting the light and that's a good place to start. But you know what? The Bible says that these signs shall follow those that believe. Sometimes you got to shoot the light over here and sometimes you need the light over here and sometimes you need to hit the light in the mirror so it bounces right back on you. I don't know what you're doing here tonight, but I do know this. If you're at Living Way and you've heard the last 15 minutes you've heard enough about the light that is Jesus receive the light and that light's going to shine and then reflect the light and refract the light as a believer reflection should be automatic reflection should be automatic refraction though is purposeful I'm shining the light on that situation I'm shining the light on those people, on that relationship. I'm shining the light when I pray on my leadership. I'm shining the light on Living Way. I'm shining the light on Washington. Come on now. I'm shining the light on my, I'm, sh I'm refracting the light. Verse 9, that was the true light, and this light is big L, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That goes back to the dark, darkness not comprehending the light. It is not my job to understand it for you. It is my job to reflect it on you. Some of us, we are trying to do God's job. It is not your job to understand the father's house for the prodigal. It's just to keep the light shining. And just like when they open up a new car dealership and they put that beam of light on the top of the roof and you can see it all over San Antonio, your prodigals, you've been spending too much trying to understand it for them instead of reflecting and refracting that light to say, hey, when you're ready to come home, we are ready for you. 
Verse 11, he came unto his own, his own received him not. Verse 12, but as many as received him, he gave them, to, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How do we become the sons of God? By receiving that light, by living in the light, by walking in the light, talking light, reflecting light, refracting light. You've got to be all about the light. Jesus declares in our original scripture tonight, I am the light of the world, verse 12. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the great light of life. There are two phrases that Jesus uses here. One, he says, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. What does that mean? There's only one light. There is only one way. There is only one God. There is only one that we worship. There is only one that we pray to. There is only one light that will not let you down. I have a lot of flashlights. The problem is I don't use those flashlights all year long. I use them during foaling season at the house so I can go out on my porch and I can shine those lights in those pastures. And so they'll go six, eight months without being used. And I found myself, Sister Chris, out in the middle of pastures in the middle of the night only for those batteries to fail and the light goes out. That's not the real light because that light, the light of Christ, will never let you down. It will never go out. He says, shall have the light of life. The significance that God ties the light that he is with the life that we live, it is not lost on us or should not be lost on us. That without the light of Christ, the life of Christ is going to be hard to embrace. Without the light of Christ, the life of Christ is going to be hard to walk out. In the end, church, Mandy and I didn't, Rehearse this, but today during our Devo for our lead team, she quoted many of the scriptures, and I, I encourage you, there are dozens of scriptures in the Old and New Testament that define God as light. But in the end, church, Jesus is going to be the only light shining. In the end, listen to this church, and, and, and the rapture has been on my mind a lot these last few weeks, as I shared on Sunday. In the end, there will not be a sun or a moon. The Bible says the glory of God will illuminate the entire world, and Jesus is that light. You say, that's just what you're saying. Oh, you want me to go to the Bible? Let's go to the Bible. Revelation chapter 12, verse 23. And that city has no need of a sun or a moon. For the glory of God illuminates the city. And that Lamb, capital L, is the light. Just a few, chap few verses before the end of the New Testament in verse 5 of Revelation 22. There will be no more light. There will be not a need for a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. Just as Jesus was the light in the beginning of creation. He will be the light of the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus truly is the bright and morning star. Revelation 22, and I close with this. I, Jesus, having sent my angel to give you this message for the churches, 
I love what God says here. This just, I mean, two or three days ago, when I, when I, when I did a deep dive on Revelation 22, it, it literally, not figuratively, it literally made me just sit back in my seat and say, wow. This is what verse 16 says. Jesus said, I've sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. He said, David came from me, and I came from David. Before there was, I am, praise God. Before David was, he came from a royal dynasty and lineage started by God. Jesus said, I am both the source of King David, but I'm also the heir to his throne. Then Jesus said this about himself, I am the bright morning star. One more verse, and then we'll let you stand up. We're going to fill this altar. John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come, Jesus said, as a light to shine into the dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Church, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the only true light, the light that started at Christmas. He is offering everyone this gift of light. You're not going to have a CPS energy bill. You're not going to worry about ERCOT and the grid. He said this is a free gift offering to everyone, which is nothing less than the light of life here on this earth and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Standing on your feet today in this room, church, it's time for you to come out of the cold. It's time for you to come out of the darkness. It's time for you to step into the marvelous light. Here's the thing, church. The light of Jesus never dims, but you can still close your eyes. God, why aren't you shining? Open your eyes. He shines today. Why can't I see you? Open your eyes. Jesus shines today. I leaned over to Bree and I said, hey, Bree, all the candles are burning except one. So this one here is not burning, but it is burning. It's just a very small flame compared to the one next to it. But check this out. Turn this off. These aren't real. If you, you know now, they're not real. The problem is a lot of us aren't living in the light. But we get around people that are full of the light. And we think that we're living in the light only to realize that when this couple goes home and they carry Jesus with them, when this couple goes to work, there is no longer light around them. Can I tell you, Living Way, watching online today, I'm grateful that you're here, but don't live off my light. Don't live off her light. Don't live off his light. There is a light. All I can do is reflect it to you. Jesus says, I want to come into your life. I want to come into your heart.